The Legendarium Podcast is brought to you by, by you. So please visit patreon.com slash legendarium to, to support the show. But for now, welcome to The Legendarium. Welcome, everybody. Welcome to The Legendarium Podcast. Take two on that one. All right. So today is very, very weird, uh, but I hope it's funny. People really seem to enjoy the Wheel of Tangents episodes, and so we're going to do one of those today. Here's the catch. I've got with me Drew from Inking Out Loud. Drew, say hi. How's it going, everybody? Uh, Now, people are going to get awfully sick of you and I doing podcast (laughs) episodes together, but frankly, I don't really care because uh, it's fun. So here's the deal. Uh, Right now, we are live streaming on the Legendarium YouTube channel. Uh, I have been live streaming now for three hours and 45 minutes uh, with a 10 minute break in there somewhere. Uh, So this has already been a mega stream. uh, And this is for the 4,000 mark on our subscriber count. Okay, so thank you everybody for subscribing. If you haven't done yet, you should go do so um, and enjoy some fun videos uh, on the Legendarium's YouTube channel. Uh, But during this live stream, I decided it might be fun to do an entire episode front to back and show people the process of of how this goes. And so um, if I don't think you'll be able to watch this later, unfortunately, because YouTube only uploads the first three hours of your stream. Um, But for those enjoying this live stream right now, you will get to see the entire process. And I'll do it again, you know, maybe the next time we do one of these mega streams, uh, I'll do the same thing again. But anyway, Drew, you and I are going to do a very simple, uh, very straightforward Wheel of Tangents episode. We're going to address a few randomized topics uh, from the fans, and uh, and then we'll, uh, we'll show them the entire process of uh, editing an episode, packing it up, and publishing it, and how... Uh, how it all goes. So good. you ready? Yeah. Now I, I should also mention, obviously that people can check out drew at, uh, IOL podcast.com. Is that right? Yes. Oh, I got it right. So the inking out loud podcast, it's, uh, it's similar in a lot of ways to the legendary just more structured, um, and interesting <laughs> and fun. Um, so you should go check it out. <laughs> Uh, and, but I, I should say it's similar to what we do. Um, you guys just cover some different books than we do. So yeah. And, and my co-host and I are both writers. So we kind of approach our analysis from a little more of a, like kind of breaking down the, the gears and, and mechanisms of storytelling. So it's a, <laughs> a little, that's where that more structured thing comes in. <laughs> right. Right. Um, yeah. Anyway, so if if you enjoy what we do, then go check them out, uh, and vice versa. Yes. So, Drew. All right. Let's let's spin the wheel. Um, and we've we've got a few topics. And what I'll do, we have four. I think it's four topics. And what I'll do is I, I have eight um, uh, wedges here on the wheel of tangents. And whichever one the mic points to, it'll just be like um, <laughs> one and two, three and four, five and six, or seven and eight. Okay. Does that make okay. sense? Yeah. So uh, we'll do two wedges per topic. All right. So here we go. Spinning the wheel. What's the mic going to point at? It's on three and four. So that is subgenres. Okay. So this is a, a listener question. What makes a subgenre great? And by the way, uh, for those of you in the chat still, uh, let me know if I'm getting the question wrong or if you want us to nuance it up a little bit. Uh, but what makes a subgenre great? Um, I know there was, it was, the wording was slightly different. So somebody can correct me there. Yeah, I think um, it was like, uh, what makes one of your favorite subgenres great? 
Okay. All right. Now, Drew, I kind of want you to take this one first because I don't want to immediately go into my rant on subgenres as a concept. <laughs> Uh, so why don't you take this one first? Okay. I am going to go with... Mm, I'm going to go with military fantasy. Mm, and, all right. and I'm going to specifically talk about Glenn Cook. And okay. uh, I, I think there was an explosion in fantasy writers in the 80s where you got a lot of especially American authors, men who fought in Vietnam and came back and were unsatisfied with uh, the kinds of stories that were being told in, in terms of fantasy. And Glenn Cook kind of led the charge in, in terms of bringing story down from the standard high fantasy about kings and princes and prophesied heroes and gods and whatnot. Uh, he he said, you know, I want to write a story for the grunts. I want to write a story for the guys whose boots are on the ground. Mm -hmm. And and one of the defining aspects of this subgenre is is the the bond of brotherhood in arms. And I love that sort of exploration of relationships. Uh, how um, you know the the constant danger. And the monotony of the life of a soldier forges a very specific, unique sort of bond between warriors, between soldiers. All right. Yeah, that's good. I mean, how many times you and I have known each other for what, two and a half years ish now? How many times do you think you have told me to read Glenn Cook? <laughs> In two and a half hours. What's the number? Let's quantify this. Oh, at, at least, at least a dozen. <laughs> That's your point. You're you're being awfully charitable to yourself here. <laughs> um, so that one doesn't surprise me. <laughs> oh, excuse me. Wow, I'm dying here. This is what happens when you stream for four hours and then record an episode, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, this is a bit like Drew when we did our uh, wheel of time um, thing at three o'clock in the morning. Oh man, that was rough. <laughs> uh, okay. A subgenre that I really like. I, yeah, I don't know if it's like my favorite subgenre, but a subgenre that I really like is space fantasy. And I am uh, I'm making this distinct from science fiction. And so those those who love making distinctions like this, they already know about this distinction. But Star Wars is not sci-fi. Just because it has lasers doesn't mean it's sci-fi. It's space fantasy, right? Um very little actual science goes into the making of a space fantasy. Uh, and I love this subgenre and, and what makes it great? Why do I like it? Well, because the whole the whole concept of space, like one of the things that I love so much about um, stories, any story set in space is the frontier aspect of it. The idea of exploration, uh, limitless possibilities, um, et cetera, et cetera. You get where I'm going with that. Mm -hmm. um, and so the space fantasy just kicks that up another notch and just says, hey, as long as we're exploring and breaking all the rules and having fun out on the frontier, let's really uh, let's let's really go for it. So, um, Drew, I know you're a huge fan of the uh, the. What are they called? What's the the thing that Cytonic uh, Skyward? Oh, Skyward yeah, Cytoverse, series. Yeah, the Cytoverse. Yeah. Um, 
that's a Sanderson series set in space and it's very much space fantasy, right? Yes. Oh yes. Especially so it, after this most recent book. <laughs> right. So just magic and, you know, uh, uh, telepathy and all sorts of you know just like there are no rules here let's just have some fun in space uh i don't know i i really like that aspect of the subgenre so you know as long as we're talking about star wars you guys have done a bunch of uh, star wars novels on your podcast like the x-wing series and whatnot yeah um where it's like you kind of you love them but you have to suspend your scientific mind and say like no this is not how dogfights in space would work uh right I, I, i'm not reading joe haldeman or what who was it that we did that uh oh gosh lost fleet jack campbell lost fleet um that's a that's very much like this is how space battles would actually work and it's awesome but also a lot more boring than reading yeah. an x-wing novel so yeah yeah <laughs> um anyway yeah there you go how's that how's that that's my uh my subgenre. i like it that's a good choice um all right, so I, I think some of the chat is agreeing with me that uh, space fantasy is good. So good, awesome. Uh, <laughs> oh, uh, what you meant to say says Brian Weingard is that the Expanse is more specifically sci-fi. Oh, I don't know, maybe somebody else was talking about that. Um, but yeah, like something like the Expanse, they do try to make it more scientific, and that's don't get me wrong, that's awesome. I love sci-fi. I'm not trying to say like. I don't like sci-fi. I just, this is why I like space fantasy. So mm -hmm. there you go. All right, Drew, what do you think? Should we spin again? Yeah, let's do it. All right. Um, oh, I forgot to even put that one on screen. All right. Uh, and this is, oh, one, two. So this is uh, reading burnout. Uh, reader burnout. Drew, I burned out so hard. Uh, I guess I'll take this one first and, yeah. and let me know the uh, folks in the chat, let me know what specifically you want us to get into, but uh, I guess we could talk about like, why do we burn out? How do we get out of it? What has caused us to burn out? Um, I burned out so hard, uh, after rhythm of war. Um, it was, it was rough. Like I, I could barely pick up a book after rhythm of war. Um, uh, any book at all, not just Sanderson. Oh yeah, no. I, I all I wanted to do was watch a screen for like six months. <laughs> like movies, I watched so many movies, so much TV because I just I couldn't pick up a book. I was so burned out. So for those uh, who don't know, Rhythm of War, fourth book in uh, the Stormlight Archive, um, and there are doorstoppers, <laughs> and then there's the Stormlight Archive, where each book is three novels in one, uh, in terms of uh, length and structure. Uh, well, sort of structure. As well as a novella and a half dozen short stories. <laughs> yes, correct. So uh, these, yeah, these books are crazy huge. And I was, uh, Ryan and I got got the uh, advanced review copy so we could read it ahead of time and, and have an episode ready to go on the podcast. And it's great. But I was like, oh, you know what? It's been a few years since I read the other ones. So I did a reread of the entire Stormlight Archive. And then we got the the advanced copies and I had like a week, if that, I think I had like three days to read, um, to read, uh, the, the rhythm of war. Yeah. I think and you were out here visiting. When, that's right. When, when I, when I started. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so I, it was like every waking moment was consumed with the stormlight archive and that caused my burnout. Have you ever had something similar happen to you? So not to that extreme, but Rhythm of War 
Sanderson burnout was real. Uh, we did all of Miss Born Era 1, uh, two or three of the Arcanum Unbounded novellas, and then read all four books in Stormlight plus the Stormlight novellas for Inking Out Loud leading up to the release of Rhythm of War. On top of that, I did the beta read for Rhythm of War and mm. the gamma read for Rhythm of War and the beta and the gamma for Dawn Shard. So <laughs> 2020 was just this avalanche of Cosmere, of Brandon Sanderson. And when I finished you know, recording... Uh, our Rhythm of War episodes, I was like, I I have no desire to read another word written by Brandon Sanderson. <laughs> <laughs> and and it got to the point where even though I really enjoyed uh, Starsight, when, you know, when the word came down that the Cytonic beta read was happening, I I told Peter no. I was like, I, uh, I'm i going to sit this one out. I, I can't do it. And uh, it, it took, it, honestly, it took me... Uh, until the beta read for the lost metal a couple weeks ago, where I was able to like read and enjoy Brandon Sanderson again, mm-hmm, almost a year mm-hmm. later. Yeah. Uh, but I read a lot of other stuff in the meantime. I've. So you I've, burned out on a specific author. Yeah. I just had general burnout, yeah, which is, I, which is rough when you do a sci-fi fantasy book club podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, the only time I've ever had a, a real burnout was, um, after reading Book of the New Sun by Gene Wolfe, where everything else just felt bland Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. (laughs) after finishing Citadel of the Autark. And I, like I picked up, tried to pick up three or four different books and I was like, this, this sucks. This is boring. (laughs) Like, and, and it, it took me a solid month before I read another book after that. And that was, uh, Brandon dropping Bands of Mourning and Secret History on the same day. Oh gosh. (laughs) That was a heck of a day, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, that okay. time Brandon secretly wrote a novel and a novella. <laughs> so, uh, so I got to skip past that and yep. ask you, what did you do about it? What do you do about it? Um, and what should people do? And so if they experience burnout. I, so, and, and this is for, uh, I should say real quick, this is for those of us who... Um, who, uh, you know, have what I'm talking about at long burnout. Apparently Starcast is on here and says, uh, that this is relatable. I don't have long burnouts says Starcast, but rhythm of war was my longest one. Read it in three days. And the next three, I didn't read anything. (laughs) (laughs) That's, that's short burnout. I'm talking more about long burnout. What do you do if it's like, Oh, it's a month and I can't seem to get back on the horse. Uh, I, I I don't know if I have a good answer to this because it's only happened to me once and yeah. Brandon Sanderson came in to save the day, uh, it, you know, where there was the hype that got me past the, the like critical reading, you know, block that I had. Yeah. Um, but in terms of preventing burnout, I, I think my approach is similar to how Brandon Sanderson writes books where he doesn't burn out on writing because he's constantly moving in different projects Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you know he he doesn't write three stormlight books in a row because that would burn him out he writes a stormlight book and then he takes two years off to you know write a ya book and and a middle grade book and a and then another cosmere or whatever uh he's he's kind of keeping the creative wheels turning and i do a similar thing where i'm i'm reading 
at minimum three or four books at a time. And, and, and with inking out loud, uh, I have very specifically planned out our episodes. So if, if you go back and look, even though we've covered some really long series, uh, wheel of time, Dresden files, Cosmere stuff, every four or five episodes or so, you're going to see a non that series episode pop in. Yeah. Where I'm constantly shuffling through, like, here's a standalone. Here's the first book in another series that we're going to finish down the road. You know, here's a, a novella or I'm, I'm making sure that we're not just stuck in a rut of mm-hmm. reading the same thing over and over. And then eventually hitting a wall where you just don't care anymore. or You're not interested in reading. You're, you're not excited to pick up a book. Right. Right. Well, um, here's, here's how I have dealt with it and how I, so this rhythm of war burnout for me was really recent. Um, and I've already told people on the show, like, I think I referenced this when we did our first, uh, Perdane book, the book of three. Um, but the reason we picked up those books was because of my burnout where I picked up Brian McClellan. Um, uh-huh. and, uh, please don't think that this is any sort of reflection on Brian McClellan. I, this, it's not, it's a reflection of my burnout where I picked up the promise of blood, I opened it up, read the first couple chapters and just couldn't care. And it wasn't about him as what's yeah. not, not about his book. I just couldn't bring myself to care. Um, cause I was so burnt out. And so I went to Ryan and said, you know, we should do Perdane. And the reason I said that is because it's, it's simple, it's short, it's, it's a kid's book. And it's something that I already knew. So I'm not saying this is the way that everybody has to do it, but uh, just something that people can consider. If you're like super burned out and you just don't want to pick up the next thing, do a reread of something that you read earlier in life, um, which is, I think, a good way to help get over burnout in uh, just the nostalgia. Like, okay, it's a comfort food. This is, you know, it's this comfort blanket that I, uh, that helps me to, you know, feel like safe and fun with reading again but also i love uh the idea of rereading something from your earlier years because it can be a valuable exercise to see what you what's different what's changed about you in the time since you last read the book so it's like it's useful it's fun and it can help with your burnout i don't know that's that's my Uh, correct me if i'm wrong but isn't that what you did with magic kingdom for sale didn't we read that right after rhythm of war I, i believe you may be right yeah. And I, I, I think I read that book for the first time when I was like 11, <laughs> maybe something like that. Like, yeah, so yeah, yeah, exactly. So there you go. And it, it didn't quite cure it. So I needed to go all the way back to Perdane. Um, but, uh, but things are, things are a lot better now, but my burnout is a lot better. Um, That's good. It looked like you were about to say something. You go ahead. I'm going to check the chat, see what other people are saying about it. Uh, no, yeah, yeah, that was definitely, um, the, the magic kingdom for sale was, was my point. Um, although yeah, in chat, I, I see somebody saying they were shocked at how many times I've read King Killer. Yes, I have read King Killer a lot. <laughs> mm. Uh, I, I haven't touched it in a long time because of, uh, everything around Patrick Rothfuss these days. I'm, I'm not uh. spending my time waiting for authors to write new books because there are so many other books out there for me to read. Indeed. Uh, not, not to say that I never reread, uh, I just don't reread nearly as often. And I have found other series that I like more than King Killer. That it's like if I'm gonna spend the time to reread, I'm gonna go sit down and pick up the Axe of Cain or 
or the black company or something like that. So, yeah. 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 That makes sense. Yeah. Uh, all right. Well, that's, that's burnout. I, best of luck to people with burnout. It's a real issue. Um, I, I can't say that I'm wholly cured yet, but, uh, you know, it might finally do it for me. I was just telling people on the chat before you came on. Um, and, and I'll say it again, Drew and I both beta read, uh, the new, uh, the lost metal, uh, book four from Mistborn era two. Okay. So wax and Wayne book four, we've both read it mm-hmm. and we can't tell you anything about what happens in it, but we can tell you that we read it. And the thing I think that is finally going to cure me isn't having read the book. It's going to be how much fun I'm going to have watching people read the book next year. Yeah. Like, you know, that, that might be the thing that finally shakes me out of my uh, long-term uh, feeling of burnout. So there you go. Uh, all right. So let's take that one off. All right. Let's, let's spin the, oh, there's only two more possibilities, Drew, but we'll see which one we, which one we land on. Uh, this is actually working out really well. Seven, yeah, eight. seven, eight. All right. <laughs> so, and I like this one. Drew, host of Inking Out Loud. Yes, sir. You're forced to do an episode on a certain book. What are you praying it's not? Okay. Now, as you think about your answer on this, <laughs> let me uh, let me let me uh, set this up a little more here. I'm sitting currently in the legendarium studio okay it's this delightful structure that was built in my backyard by myself and my father who was i couldn't have done it without him Uh, but i also couldn't have done it without the help of our generous patrons we did a uh we did a a pledge drive or not a pledge drive just a donation drive um and the way that we did it was uh we kind of had a list of like all right here are five i think it was four or five series that we think we'll probably get to um, and you can vote for which one we should do next. And uh, the idea was um, this is not a, this is not a democracy. It's a it's a straight up plutocracy. Uh, <laughs> uh, so the more you give, the more you vote. Every dollar you give is a single vote. And um, that is why we did Narnia on the show because you know people are coming in. They're like, hey, here's five bucks. I want you to read this thing. Uh, here's ten bucks. There were some really generous people given $20, $30, somebody comes in, uh, and drops, I think it was like three or 400 bucks on <laughs> Narnia. <laughs> they really wanted us to read Narnia. So, which was fine. Like I, I love Narnia. I wasn't super excited to do it on the show though. I, it wasn't like, I wasn't praying that it wouldn't be Narnia, but uh, it was the one I was least excited about from the list that we had. Uh, and somebody was like, do Narnia. Here's 300 bucks. Uh, and then some other people came in and like, and ended up, you know, it, it ended up Narnia had like five or 600 votes or something like that. It, it was crazy. So, so this has happened. And, and thanks to that, we built the studio, but we had to read Narnia. Uh, <laughs> the one we were least excited to read. Uh, okay. So what, what would be yours? What do you think? So I, I want to talk about the question first okay. before I get into this, because th- there were two questions uh, kind of two similar but not quite the same questions that we had options one of them was you know what what series will you never read oh yeah, yeah. Uh, and and then this one is you know what are you hoping you don't uh want to do for inking out loud especially those are wildly different questions because just because a book is bad or or not enjoyable to read for me doesn't mean it's going to be a bad episode of Thinking Out Loud because there are going to be things we can dig into 
in terms of writing style and structure. Why is the story not working? Why do we think it's a bad book? Honestly, uh, one of my least favorite books I've read this year was Ready Player One, but that was one of my favorite <laughs> episodes we've ever done. And yeah. like, yeah. that was a raucous time. It was it was so much fun recording that episode, but I hated the book. <laughs> uh, so, so having... I, I can I go on, yeah. out on a limb? I can't remember if I listened to that episode. I'm betting Rob loved it. Uh, Rob, uh, I, I don't think he loved the book. He loved I love the that movie. Book. I love. Oh, I hate that stupid movie, but I love the book. So anyway, <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, we could have some fun talking about that. Yeah, we we <laughs> uh, that one was also a Patreon recommended uh, thing, but it was my coworker, another Rob, who 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 made you forced us to read it and and i forced him to read it with us and come on the episode (laughs) so it was it was great fun but so my answer to this question so roundabout way to get there but uh it would be a book that is uninteresting in what the author's doing it would be something that's just standard tropey um you know maybe something like the belgariad uh I, yes. I feel like I just wouldn't have much of the interest to say about the Belgariad. All right. Uh, a book sort of like that, I don't think would make a good episode of Inking Out Loud, and I wouldn't have fun talking about it. That's. I think that's fair enough. Um, if it's me, okay, you're forced to do an episode on a certain book. What are you praying it's not? Um, let me look at my, my bookshelf over here. I think I, I've already talked about this earlier on our mega stream here. Uh, but it might be Inheritance by Christopher Paolini. Um, there are some others, I think, that might that might make the list. But yeah, let's stick with that one for now. And here's why. Um, I, I do have some good things to say about Aragon and, and that series generally. Uh, it, it, I am not out to like just crap on the series or whatever. But I have tried so many times to read Inheritance and I just can't do it. I can't do it. It's not happening. It's not a thing that will ever like I, I think I've tried three, four times, three, at least three times to finish the book. And I just like and it's not like I throw it away in disgust. I just I get so bored and I'm so uninterested that I forget to come back to it. And then three months pass and I'm like, yeah, yeah, okay, never mind. Um, and so if somebody, if you're forced to do an episode on a certain book, what are you praying? It's not, I'm praying it's not that one because I'm afraid of what would happen if I actually tried to force myself through, uh, through that entire series again. So (laughs) there you go. Uh, Starcast says anything that goes into the more steamy territory of fantasy romance. (laughs) I just can't read it. (laughs) No, uh, no Kashiel's dart for, for Starcast. I, I actually don't I yeah I don't have a problem with that I it's um there's there's a I used to listen to um This American Life a lot Did you ever listen to that show on NPR um once or twice I haven't in a long time yeah but you're familiar with the concept yeah, of yeah. This American Life uh and uh it's, so it's a radio show for those who don't know and they would they just do a ton of different stories you know so they'll do 15 20 minute segments on these different stories. And sometimes they'll uh, they'll get to a story where they'll they'll uh, put a disclaimer up front and say just as a heads up, in this segment we do acknowledge the existence of sex. Uh, so, yeah. <laughs> and that's their that's their way. Of, I have always loved that formulation. Um, just and, and I kind of feel that way when I uh, when I read a, a book with 
some sexiness in it where I'm like, hey, it's okay. I'm an adult. I can acknowledge the existence of sex. I'm not Ken. Uh, <laughs> it's it's okay. <laughs> it's okay. Uh, so yeah, I don't I don't really have a problem with that uh, myself. So anyway, yeah, yeah. all right. Um, this little red says so. Do a Chuck Tingle book. <laughs> I, I'm shocked I didn't get fired one day for, I, I was reading the descriptions of Chuck Tingle books at, uh, it, like, in the cafeteria at lunch one day, and we were all just dying laughing. Uh, all right. So, let's... It's a, a time-honored tradition, just reading the titles of Chuck Tingle books aloud to your friends who don't know about Chuck Tingle. It's exactly. unbelievable. It's so funny. <laughs> Um, reading an ex, uh, uh, we read an excerpt from the one about the the um, <laughs> the helicopter that's the making love to us, yeah. making love to a stegosaurus. <laughs> no, it's a different one. It's a different one. Oh, uh, yeah. Anyway, it's really hilarious. Uh, <laughs> that is not safe for work. LRB. Says. No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. Do we have um, uh, the the last topic? And we can go for uh, just I don't know a few more minutes here. I guess. Um, bookshelf organization this is a topic that somebody threw out and it's the last one on the list i don't know how much we're going to have to say about this on uh, an audio podcast without actually looking at a bookshelf but drew just you know in a couple of moments tell me by author by genre by series by color by is it all alphabetized what do you do uh by author and by how much i like the series <laughs> so so there's a place of honor on your yeah, bookshelf like, is that right behind me here in, in on the screen you can see there are two shelves kind of perpendicular to yeah. each other um the one facing us that is my like brandon sanderson shelf basically um those are all the leather bounds on the top one you know and then there's a couple other shelves and then down at the bottom it's like okay some miscellaneous books the one that's facing away uh that one is the non-sanderson my favorite authors that's where i have Glenn Cook on the top shelf, Gene Wolfe on the top shelf, Matthew Stover, you know, uh, yeah, I love, I Scott love how Lynch. these are literally, literally uh, top shelf authors. Like, uh, <laughs> y- you might as well label one of them. It's like, Oh yes, this is the Glenn Moran G 15. This is the 30 year, uh, art big, whatever. I don't know. Yeah. That's the, the, you know, this is, this is my, um, signed advanced uncorrected proof of the land of cross by Gene Wolfe. Like, you know, <laughs> <laughs> But, but yeah, so I, I go, I go by author and by how much I like it. Genre yeah. doesn't really matter. Have you ever counted your books, Drew? No. <laughs> no. Okay. Yeah, I did a, I did a count. I want to say it was like late last year, maybe. Um, and we, in our household, we ended up, I, I want to say it was about 1200, uh, copies of just various books. Um, and I guess it was more than that because I would count each copy of the lord of the rings as one even though it's it's sometimes three different spines uh so yeah a lot a lot of different books um that being said so i only say that to say we have a a lot of books for you know for a, a 21st century young married couple we have a lot of books um and yet i know my collection it's not so many that i don't know my collection so i have never felt that much of a need to like really carefully craft out my bookshelf organization just because like i know where it all is um i don't know maybe call me crazy the one thing i will say is that i do have a shelf dedicated entirely to books that we have read for the podcast yeah. um and so not just a shelf but i mean like a whole <laughs> a whole series of shelves 
What are we getting? Some comments? Yeah, I haven't Matt, been Matt Hatch just dropped in to say he's impressed. People have time to read. Oh no! Oh no! <laughs> Matt is here. Matt, uh, should I? Matt, tell me in the chat if you want me to send you a link. We'll we'll bring you in here. You can come hang out. You don't even have to host. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, but I, I would gladly bring Matt in here. Okay, Drew, shall we? Shall we wrap this little wheel of tangents up? <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. I hope people enjoy it. We, people seem to enjoy it when we just kind of shoot the breeze about random topics like this. So let us know on Discord, on the you know Facebook comments or what, what the, the socials. I don't know. All the different places. YouTube is what I was trying to say. Let us know uh, what your answers to all these questions would be. I, I am genuinely interested in hearing. I spend most of my Discord time in the episode discussion channel. Um, and even if I don't talk a ton, I love reading people's comments uh, on the episodes we put out. So I'll be interested to hear what everybody has yeah, to say. And, and I want to see, I want to find out if there are any psychopaths in Discord, uh, you know, who sort by color of book or something like that, you know, just so I, I, I can be aware, you know. <laughs> Is that, not, that's not a thing for you? <laughs> I, I remember seeing some article in like a home living magazine mm -hmm. that was talking about, uh, how you should rearrange your your books by color and i was like this is this is a person who does not read <laughs> like they they treat books as trophies and decorations not as things to consume <laughs> yeah yeah well um yeah I, I people let us know go to thelegendarium.com you can find a link to discord go to iolpodcast.com i bet you guys have a link to your discord as well uh, we'd love to hear from people there um regardless Thanks for listening, and uh, yeah, we'll see you next time. <laughs> <laughs>